back to work. And work is one of the ways that we contribute to this country, that we grow our GDP, we grow our tax base, we contribute to each other effectively, we help finance our national security, our homeland security, our, you know, our infrastructure. I had key employees that really wanted to be leaders in the company, but they didn't want to have any ownership and responsibility that way. So I just had to start researching out and, and figuring out, well, how do I market my company? Go to your local school board one, for one hour twice this year. And if you can have even just 10 or 15 employers show up and do that at the same school board, every single month there's two contractors filling out a little card to, to, to give your 30 seconds at the podium that says, I need your help and we have great jobs. Eventually they will hear you. But if everyone just did two hours a year, that's how we change this. Stacy, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great. She loves it. I ask the question every time. She's like, I'm fine, dude. Just uh, <laughs> a little much. And I say to that owner, I said, I said, so you're not willing to invest in yourself. You're not going to invest in yourself. You're going to invest in companies you have no control over, whereas your company you control and you don't have the confidence to pour the money into that. When things are busy and they're looking for their GC friends to sit down and negotiate a project on a GC and a fee, and they're more excited about building the project. And then all of a sudden the model, the market swings, and now the developer market is going to go out and they're gonna hard bid the same project to two or three different GCs. And that's where, that's where it starts going down. Good morning. It's morning huddle time, season two, episode one. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning, Oscar. How are you guys today? Great. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's great to be here, Chad. Thank you. Yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful to have you guys. Uh, so, um, all right, Stacy, uh, <laughs> you and I, uh, we took two months off to, you know, in between season one and season two. I don't know if that's a lot or a little. I'm not sure what the, what's normal or okay. Uh, in, in, in any of this, right? We're figuring <laughs> it out, but we've been working on some stuff. So what are some of the things that, that we've, uh, that, you know, we've been doing over the past uh, couple of months? Well, as far as the morning huddle, um, we're going to get a new email newsletter um, coming out shortly. Yep. And we have all of our guests lined up for up until June 21st, which is really exciting. We have a great amount of people on awesome topics. So we'll be getting that out shortly. Plus we had our new little intro uh, jam. Uh, you did a which, great job. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, so a good friend of mine, um, a longtime friend of mine, uh, Jesse Swagger put it together uh, with me over the past uh, over the past month or so uh, compiling it. And I am, uh, I'm really happy with, uh, you know, having a little something to play us in rather than, um, Totally awkward small yes. talk, <laughs> which is not that we're going to lose that part. We'll we'll stay awkward. We're part of the show. Awkward here. <laughs> right, but uh, anyway, so um, and and yeah, I thought this would be we, we have uh, we've changed the time right to nine a.m. Eastern, uh, which invites more of our West Coast friends uh, for mm -hmm. this to be at least a somewhat reasonable hour. Uh, yeah. for, for uh, West Coast and Mountain Time folks to to join us, uh, and um, and so along those lines, I know that we have a, a bunch of new folks, um, you know, attending here live today, and hopefully catching this uh, in the recorded version. So I thought it might be, um, you know, Stacy actually thought it might be valuable for us to kind of orient ourselves briefly on who we are and what we do. So 
Stacy, uh, real quick, uh, who are you and what do you do um, just for context for our viewers? Sure. I'm the owner of Steel Toe Communications. We're a marketing consulting company. So we work on advertising, print ads, uh, social media, video campaigns, um, anything that you can really think of. But we our niche is the commercial contracting industry. So awesome. That's great. So uh, I also focus uh, pretty much solely on the commercial building industry working with developers, general contractors, subcontractors, to a smaller extent, architects and engineers, but really trying to touch on the entire uh, industry. And what I do is uh, help those uh, organizations to build better companies and uh, help to build more sustainable project teams. And uh, we also have a peer groups business um, uh, that is specifically designed for trade contractors in their local markets to collaborate um, and, and, and help each other build better companies. So um, that is, uh, oh, and, and the name of my company is uh, WellBuilt. So WellBuilt Consulting and WellBuilt Advisory Groups. Uh, so I'd like to introduce our guest uh, today, uh, who is uh, Oscar Garcia. Oscar, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, uh, and then we'll um, you know kind of tee up the topic for today. Hello, everyone. So my name is Oscar Garcia. I'm the founder and CEO of Need to Say. Uh, need to say it, it, it's a mobile application that uh, eliminates language barriers, uh, the cause and inefficiencies and risks of construction workers, especially of Latin American construction workers and also American construction workers. Um, we uh, survived the pandemic because that's the year when we launched. And so um, I'm just really, really excited to be here with, with you all today. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it, you're you're uh, you're fortunate to be in existence starting when you started, right? But not only in existence, you're thriving, and uh, and so we'll we'll get into that story. That's that's uh, that's excellent. So, um, Stacy, uh, if you would uh, move into the position of helping our audience to to come up with their best thoughts, questions, and ideas uh, through the course of um, of the interview uh, portion. I'm going to jump in with Oscar, and we are going to dive into today what the Latin American experience looks like and feels like uh, in the building industry uh, from someone who's you know spends all their time dedicated to addressing that topic. So uh, I look forward to to the discussion, and uh, Stacy, look forward to bringing you back uh, and and hearing what the audience has to say. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. So Oscar. The Latin American experience in construction. Uh, when we put this topic together and, and you and I were, uh, you know, originally digging into it, I think what jumped out most to me was, um, you know, the simple fact that the workforce, the, the, the human, the, the manpower, right, that's out there turning uh, our, our you know, roads and our buildings uh, into a reality in this country is overwhelmingly Latin American today, and it has been for quite some time. Um, and so, um, you know, my first interaction with you was one where you helped me to realize that, um, you know, construction is a dangerous industry, and uh, which I knew, but that it's particularly dangerous uh, for Latin American employees. And so that that got my wheels turning. I, I overall. Um, you know, talk a little bit about what, why your company exists and, you know, some of those things that, that you're aiming to solve in the industry. 
Absolutely, Chad. Well, first of all, I have to say, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for for giving us, and I say us because I'm, I'm representing my community today. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to, to voice our concerns, our thoughts of the millions of construction workers, of Latin American construction workers throughout our country, uh, because unfortunately, because of their language barriers, we don't get to hear what they think directly, right? And so, so thank, thank you so much for that. Um, I think that, you know, what I do with need to say, my, and I, I, I like to use the story of my dad because it's something personal. My dad uh, worked in the construction industry, worked in, in different places, and, and throughout his life, he had several injuries, several issues, and one of the main things that <clears throat> he always used to, to uh, communicate to us was that that language barrier was always an issue for him. It was not just an issue for him to communicate, but also just to stay safe. And so when I decided to start my company and do something about this, I knew already that construction companies, they do try. And so what they do is that they have the OSHA rules and regulations translated in Spanish. You know, they have videos and things like that. But it's important to understand that that practice, it's a very old practice. And, and so now the times have changed. There are more and more Latin American construction workers uh, at, at job sites. And so that needs to be changed. And we need to empower them by helping them learn the basics of the English language for construction. So we need to help them remove those language barriers so that they can you know, communicate with keywords and keep things and keep them safe and also give them a voice chat. So, so it goes a step beyond sort of saying, here's a bunch of safety videos that are in your native language. Hopefully that helps and takes it into the, the sort of day-to-day -day reality, which is, but you still need to know some of the, the safety related construction language that uh, gets communicated in the instant, in the moment throughout the course of, um, you know, your workday. That is that, am I picking that up? Yeah, yeah, yes, because, you know, lots of them, I've spoken with hundreds of them, and they have said to me, well, Oscar, you know, typically we watch a video in English, and then we come, we come back to the construction site, and everything is, it, it, I mean, we watch the video in Spanish, and then we come back to the construction site, and everything is in English. And it's right. like, even if I, if I, it don't, if I'm, I don't have my, my safety glasses, right, I don't even know how to say that. And, and, and so if I, sometimes I wanted to communicate something else, even things that, will help us to be more productive. And I just, I feel like, oh, I wish I had the opportunity to do that, but I can't. And so uh, that it's what happens with construction workers, again, every single day. And then we just, you know, putting them more at risks because they cannot voice those concerns or communicate better. And so that's the reason why I decided to do something about it. Yeah, and let's, um, and I, we have so much to try to cover in, in a short amount of time, but, but I do want to um, briefly try to put a, a, an actual point on the hard data, the, the scary hard data hmm. that exists on this. And I hate to put you on the spot. I hope that you have that data handy or, 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 yes. or memorized. Um, yes. But, you know, what, what, the, what are the injury statistics and, 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 you know, worse fatality statistics look like in the industry yeah. as it relates? 
Absolutely. So, so each year, um, an average of 1,500 construct, Latin American construction workers die at a construction site. As you know, last year during the pandemic, uh, the construction industry, it's an essential business, right? So they never stopped. So, right. so, so, and, and so that made it even more dangerous for a lot of, of the Latin American construction workers. And so when I first saw the statistics, I was like, oh my God, I, this is amazing. I need to do something about this. And, and, and then also when you add more of the unreported statistics, because unfortunately, and we have to, we have to say this, a lot of these people, Chad, are undocumented. And so many of these, uh, many of these injuries, many of these issues go um, unreported. And so, you know, I was told many, many times, Oscar, it's more than that. I'm sure it's more than that. By construction companies, by construction company, company leaders. And, and so um, that's when I started to have focus groups and talk to people because it was not only that, we also have to talk about women in construction. And a lot of these women, um, they came to me and said, Oscar, you know, I experience harassment every day. And because of my language barriers, I cannot communicate that. What can I do? And so, so it, it, you're right. It's, it's a lot. We have a lot to, to unpack here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I want to I wanna go right to the heart. I, can, I, I have to <laughs> go right to the heart of, of what, the thing that I, I believe coming away from our conversations and, and, and my experience in the industry working with you know, the companies that I've had uh, the ability to, to, to work with is that um, it, there really is a shadow uh, economy happening inside the construction industry, right? Yes. Where here we have, um, you know, uh, big legitimate construction businesses, mm -hmm. big legitimate developers hiring those construction businesses. Um, that are those big legitimate construction businesses are hiring smaller, little bit less legitimate construction companies that might be hiring um, labor only, totally illegitimate construction companies that are that are fully employing undocumented workers. And because of that, so, and just as, as a side note, we need that work. Clearly, we require that labor and we're not going to solve immigration yes. right now. We're just yeah. not you and I are no. not going to solve immigration right now. But, but what I will say, um, what I think we actually might be able to move the needle on is, is calling this out, which is that anytime there is a shadow economy operating, anytime, and I don't care what it is, you, the people who are, uh, who, who are inside that shadow economy are in grave danger. They're at risk yes. because nobody wants to claim them. Nobody wants to acknowledge their existence, but they're there. And it's and it's actually, uh, uh, I mean, the numbers are significant, right? Yes. It's not it's not just here and there. So large construction company A absolutely has, uh, you know, in in many many occasions. Obviously, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush here, but has undocumented workers on their on their project, and it's it's kind of better for everybody legally to just you know turn a blind eye to it, and the risk actually really compounds for the individual who who is you know not really operating inside a well-run legitimate business or being coached and trained and developed by the the the, the bigger businesses that have those uh capacities that's my speech 
for the for the, for this episode. You you uh, you tell me um, how crazy did what I just said sound, and and how do you see it playing out in real life? Yes, that is the um, Latin American experience. That that is just a reality, and the reality is uh, the gap, the huge gap that exists between the the you know big uh, general contractors, for instance, construction companies, and the uh, subcontractors or or construction companies that hire the majority of these workers, and there's a big disconnect, right? Because um, since they don't work for them, you know, directly uh, full time or employed directly by these big companies. So, um, there's in it, you know, the tendency to be like, well, you know, they're, they're working at, at this, uh, our construction site, but they don't work for us directly. And we're like, okay, what, how can we bring in awareness and be like, yes, but they, they but they're doing the work, you know? They're doing the work. They put in the hours. They, there's you have all this manpower. So what can we do to uh, talk to all of these companies and be like, there's a lot you can do. You have an amazing opportunity on your hands to help these people. Not only to be safe, because all of the construction companies they have a legitimate. Um, you know, reason they do want everybody to be, you know, safe, to go home at the end of the day safely. They all want that. But what they need to understand is that Latin American construction workers, they have different needs. They have completely different needs. And, and again, uh, because where they come from, safety rules and regulations does not, they don't exist to right. begin with. Right. The right. OSHA the version of OSHA does not exist. And then second of all, you have this language barrier that it's not only that does that does, does not exist in their countries, but in addition to that, the language barrier, you know, puts them in a more, a, a, you know, dangerous positions that every day they're trying to, you know, understand to juggle things and to do this and to do that. And so how can these big construction companies do something to really try to meet the needs of this of this uh, of this population. Yeah, and you shared with me a success story. We'll leave the company name out of it. I think it'd probably be for the best. But you, you shared with me a success story where a large general contractor who was about to move forward with um, you know work with you for their team that you through this conversation helped them to discover that they that, that they were actually in this position to make a massive impact on a much broader community by thinking about everybody who works um, under them, but maybe isn't um, afforded the same kind of opportunities yes. because the, the companies they work for don't have the same resources. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and so this is a great example because I'm, I remember that I approached this company and, and I started to talk about these concerns and they said, Oscar, for years, for years, we've been trying to do something about, and they use the word Hispanics, right. uh, which is for us, it's, it's, it's more of a Latin American, but it's, so for us to, to we've been trying to do something for the uh, Hispanic workers. And, and I said, okay, tell me more. And they, they said, well, we know all the issues they go through and, 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 and you know, the language barriers and these things. And, 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 but they said, 
they don't work for us directly. So how can we help them? And I said, what about what if we have this, you know, easy, accessible QR code at the main entrance, QR code at the main entrance of, of the job site where they can, you know, download this tool, you know, begin to uh, start to use it and, and improve their communication skills and these things, things like that. So this company, it's a great example, Chad, because they didn't care whether or not they were working for them full time. They were like, everybody who's working on this construction site, we want them to have access to yeah. this. And so what they saw after that, after using uh, this, uh, you know, our tool for, for several weeks, they saw is that they had Latin American construction workers come to them and say, there's a floor opening. They came to them and said, uh, I would like to read blueprints because I've been doing this for the last 15 years and I, I can do this job. And so they were like, wow, like it's so difficult to hire people, you know, for the construction industry and for us to have these workers come into us. They're right here. They're right here telling us these things that, you know, about safety, about, you know, this uh, pre preventing things that may happen in the future because of things that were, you know, things that move really fast. And then in addition to that, they wanted to, wanted to, to grow, to stay in the construction industry. That's, that's huge for us. That's, that's amazing because it's really hard to keep people in the construction industry and to hire people. And I said, well, you have, you know, the Latin American construction workers the majority of them, they love the industry and they want to stay at, at this industry, but they also want to trust your job sites, right? And so why, you know, what can you do to help them trust that and, and, and to have the tools to help them grow and, and develop and again, you know, come back on safely every day. So that's, that's really where, you know, everything, uh, it, it's like, it's like, it, it all goes back to that. It does. So as we, as we think about closing the gap uh, that currently exists between the Latin American workforce and the American workforce in the United States, what we should be thinking about in simple terms, if I'm hearing you correctly, number one, don't just bring i mean it's very important that you bring content to people in their native language but also uh invest in teaching the the uh, you know english um language for construction and safety terms make sure that that there's um uh, you know an effort made to provide them with the tools and the awareness to recognize the things that they're going to run into on a daily basis. Yeah, that's one. Yes, definitely. And and the the ROI chat goes beyond that. Because it's not only that you're helping helping them learn English for the construction industry. What we call um, in our world, uh, we call it English for specific purposes, which means that they only learn what they need right for for that specific context right now when i say that it goes beyond that is because they're not only start to use keywords and key phrases to communicate and to you know share uh data or you know safety issues or things like that in addition to that 
many of these men have reported to us that they go back home and they start to help their children with homework. They start to feel more confident and to try to talk to their to their children's teachers. And when when I listened to that, I was like, wow, that's amazing. And they said, I feel so much better with myself because, you know, the majority of us, we don't have an education. And a lot of times we feel just left behind. We feel bad that we cannot help our children. But just by doing this and being able to communicate word by word every day, I have the confidence now to even try to go and help my child. And for me, that that is the best. That's my mission right now. So I feel I feel great, you know, when, when I hear things like that. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's truly making uh, a difference in people's lives and, and not and, and helping with a very what's the right word? empowering process of um, becoming more and more a, a part of American society yeah, exactly. on your own terms, right? Because, because you're empowered to do that. And um, I mean, that's a gift that you could give to people. That's, that's, that's absolutely uh, wonderful. Another thing that I'm hearing you say is that, you know, if, if number one is, you know, make this investment in teaching English for a specific purpose and really make that investment. Another thing is uh, create and encourage. And, and, and I, you know, I believe um, you said this to me in our, in our pre-call, but not necessarily. I, I wanted to use this language is that you showcase and highlight Latin American leadership um, you know, inside the industry. So if you're because these role models, these are people that turn into examples of what the Latin American workforce can achieve and brings them for, again, further into the fold, reducing the gap. Yeah. Yes. I think, okay. I, I try my, I'm going to try my best to explain this really quick. So representation matters. Um, you know, I've seen people uh, talk to me and talk to, you know, other people, other Latin Americans and say, you have no idea how unbelievable, how important it is for us to see someone like us yeah. in a leadership position. It, it's so important. And so one of the things that we need to understand is that, you know, these people and the children of these people are going nowhere. And if we as a community as as you know as as construction companies if we help them grow develop that's going to be for you know the at the end of the day the benefit of the country as Absolutely. a whole right Absolutely. and so and so we need to understand that you know, every time we, we, we do something, you know, for these people and, and so we're helping them, you know, either to, you know, be safer, you know, learn, learn the language or, or you know, or, or, you know, get a different set of skills or learn how to, you know, like this guy said, read how to read blueprints or do this or do that. We're helping our country. We're, because, again, uh, these people, they're going nowhere. Their children are going nowhere. And so... Uh, it goes beyond it beyond those things. I love it. It's and and then the 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 third thing, and I, I don't want to miss it that I took away from the conversation is that regardless of where you are 
in the value chain, in the, in the construction industry, th recognize that the undocumented workforce is there. You are currently using that workforce as a necessity. That workforce is currently making all of what we're doing possible. Yes. And it's, it's unconscionable not to invite them into the fold for for a thousand reasons that you you know some of which you've mentioned in the in the last bullet right that, yes. that you know it's by helping these people you're helping the united states undocumented or not it really doesn't matter exactly, exactly. because because they're here you know they're building america right and and so what what we need to understand is that you know these people are dealing day to day with the same things that we deal with it you know you know, some of the things just to, you know, uh, shed light on some of these things, uh, mental health, mental issues. I've stayed and I've seen them, you know, where they they they're, they travel all the time. They work at this construction site, you know, in, in two months, three months, six months, they're in a completely different state, you know, and I've seen where they where they stay. You know, they stay at, at some of the you know cheapest places you can stay. And, and, and they're far away from their families. I, you know, the majority of them, they, 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 they see their families once a month for the ones that are lucky that are documented and can fly and can, you know, drive easily. But the majority of them don't have the luxury. And so we need to understand where they are. You know, these people are far away from their families. They're trying to make ends meet. They live alone, you know, by themselves. And and, 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 and and trying to, you know, be there on time, early in the morning, every single day, no questions asked. And I remember someone, Chad, said to me, well, Oscar, one of the things I like about Latin Americans is that they come to work no matter what, just raining, cold, whatever. They're always, they always show up and, and, and they don't, you know, they don't complain. And I'm like, well, that's because, you know, it's not that, that I want them to complain, but if they don't express their feelings is because they there's they don't have a way to do that right so i'm yep. pretty sure and they have said to me oscar we can make this work more productive we can do things better but i just i can't can't can do that right so so that's the reason why at the end of the day chat i was like okay i need to help them with their you know english communication skills that's what i'm going to focus on and that's the reason why i'm doing this because for many many years the the stigma was um well you know latin american workers they don't want to learn english they i don't think they they want this they want that but when you talk to them they're like absolutely i do want to learn this language uh you know i'm dying to to be able to have the opportunity to do that i i think there are a lot of incorrect assumptions that people have made um based on simple cues like body language or, or right, or, or just like the sense that somebody's standoffish, or, or they seem uninterested, and things along those lines. Hey, that's what you look like when you feel uncomfortable. Yes. Okay, yes. right? <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't mean somebody's not interested. It yes. just means they're uncomfortable. Um, I, you've been a blast to to have on. I feel like such an important topic. I feel honored to have the ability to hopefully play some sort of role um, in in uh, you know being a a voice for this and, um, you know, keep up what you're doing, uh, Oscar. I'm, I, I want to uh, pull Stacey into the conversation. Stace, what do we have 
Uh, we, we're, we're already up on time, but we can yeah. uh, fit in a couple of questions. Uh, I, I don't want to miss the opportunity to do that. Yeah, sure. So I think we're having a little bit of issues with the with LinkedIn right now. So I don't know if you can see the comments, but Ike Casey just made a comment. Great points here that so many people need to hear this. And Mark Jury said, Oscar, you're doing great work. I've worked on this issue for many years, several decades and a couple of centuries. <laughs> um, he also said the elephant in the room is the undocumented workforce who are abused by their own people acting as labor brokers with marginal, un, undependable pay and no benefits. They fly under the radar and they don't have access to the inability um, or to the ability to pursue education and training. The language learning is fundamental and it starts with watching Sesame Street with your children. <laughs> and we got a little plug in for PBS. All right. All right. <laughs> Um, so I guess a question that we didn't bring up is how can we better showcase uh, Latin Americans as role models in this industry? I think one of the ways it's, it's you know, first of all, to uh, one of the things that I say to companies is just do a quick survey, you know, listen to their needs, uh, listen to them, and they will point you into the right direction. And, 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 and have them, um, you know, voice those concerns, communicate, understand where they come from. I know that the majority of them come from my country, Mexico, but many of them come from Central America, South America and other countries. So understand, you know, what is their native language, understand what is their culture and when the time comes when, you know, there is the uh, Independence Day of, of, of Guatemala or, you know, you name it, celebrate that with them, you know, mm -hmm. celebrate that, you know, showcase those things. I, I see many companies doing a lot of, you know, a, a really good work uh, celebrating, uh, you know, just a, a, a different, uh, you know, ethnicities, celebrations and things like that. And, and, and so I think that's very important to make them feel proud, to make them feel that, you know, the company cares about them. And, and, and I think that something that can, you know, companies can do is to have, I don't know if, if most companies have this, but I, I want to say something like, you know, that just works directly with the Latin American construction workers. I know most companies have a diversity and inclusion department, right? And, and, but it's overall for the entire company. And I'm like, just add something for the Latin American workforce. Oh yeah, yeah, Oscar, but they don't work for us directly. But, but they're still on the job side, right? Just, right. just learn more about them, you know, share with them, you know, understand the, their concerns. It's a part of inclusion. It's a part it's of inclusion. Right? To, to me, it, it fits into inclusion. What we're really talking about is we got plenty of diversity in the building industry, yes. Uh, yes. right? From a, from a Latin American standpoint, mm -hmm. right? We've got lots, of, but but what we need is more inclusion, uh, right. you know, of that group, and and you know, for sure. Um, exactly. Uh, good good stuff. Uh, any others, uh, Stacy? Before we jump. Um. Let's see. No, I think we should end it on that note because we're already right. a little bit over. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. Hey, this is, um, uh, you know, been a lot of, uh, you know, I think important and powerful ideas. I know that we're going to create a lot of conversation, um, you know, uh, after this as a result. Um, so, again, thank you 
so much, Oscar, for being here. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, continue to do what you're doing and, and spreading the word. And, and we'll be uh, we'll be we'll certainly be advocates for what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's uh, you know, it's it's a real pressure, a pressure to be here. Um, and I'm here to help in any way I can. Uh, I like to point out that we not only have seen uh, Latin Americans, you know, learn, you know, English for construction, but also American construction workers learn Spanish for the construction industry. So I wanted to point that out because I am, uh, I feel very motivated whenever I see, and which is the majority of them have expressed to me, Oscar, I want to learn Spanish because I want to establish a relationship with our yeah. Hispanic construction workers. I wanted to throw that up there because I think it's important to also, you know, say that and, and highlight all of those, you know, American construction workers are trying their best to. No to, question. I think the desire and the will is there for yes. sure. So, yes. so one, one quick thing, how can people learn more about what you're doing? And, and is there, is there, uh, you know, a, a website, is there an app, is there something that you can steer people toward? Absolutely. There's uh they, they can uh, go directly to our website. It's at need number two say.com. So it's need N E E D as in David number two S as in Sam, A as in Apple, uh, Y as in yellow.com. So need to say.com, you know, they can go directly there. They can, you know, send us a message, send us an email and we can touch base with them and, and again, I mean, we have been helping a lot of construction companies do something for their construction workers. And, and again, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, being safe, being productive, you know, doing the work. And so we're, we're in for that. And so we, we're, we're trying our best. Awesome. Thanks so much. That's great. Uh, uh, so Stacy and I will take a couple of minutes to wrap up. Thanks again, Oscar. Um, and, uh, we'll, uh, you know, uh, have you on again, uh, in the, in the future to hear about the progress that we've, uh, that you've made. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you, Thanks. Chad. Have a great yeah, day. Yeah. Thank you. So Stacy, we've got, um, next week, uh, same time, 9am Eastern Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think for the next 12 to 14 weeks or something like that, uh, that that's going to be the case. First. Yeah. Right. So next week we have uh, Nick X Espinosa on, who mm -hmm. is uh, with Security Fanatics. And he's going to be on talking about cybersecurity threats uh, to the construction industry. Check him out on LinkedIn before the, uh, the episode. If anybody has uh, an opportunity, he produces really interesting content, um, is talking about things that uh, we'll keep you up at night. Um, so, so uh, you know, take a minute to check that out um, uh, in advance. And um, Stacy, uh, thank you so much for uh, you know putting together such an incredible slate of um, of, of guests uh, for this season. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, no problem. I'm sorry for the hiccups today in the chat section. We'll have to figure out that. I see all of your comments and questions and everybody viewing today. So, thank you so much for joining us and. We'll continue to try to improve the show. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, every day, one step at a time. <laughs> one step Thanks. at a time. Thanks, everyone. Bye, See you next week. See ya.